When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome to the Eye on Foxborough podcast. I'm Mass Live's Patriots columnist, Karen Garigian, and I'm happy to welcome back Ted Johnson, former Patriot and three-time Super Bowl winner. Hello, Ted. Karen, how, how you are doing? you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with all the goings-on in Foxborough, and just from the the past week, there's just so much to unpack, but hopefully we'll we'll get there. I mean, we've had a mutual parting between the Patriots and Bill Belichick. We've had Gerard Mayo named as Belichick's successor the next day. Uh, we've had Belichick interview for the Falcons job. We have da- uh, Jerry Jones lurking in Dallas. Uh, and we have yet another expose by Seth Wickersham, and that's just only some of it, Ted. Uh, are, are we having fun this week? This is uh, this has been an epic week. Uh, when you lay it out like that, Karen, it is kind of it is fascinating to kind of just hear the uh, the, the the story, you know, the dates, and uh, you know, just kind of what what is uh, what has happened here. Because clearly, I just think that nobody anticipated. These these things happening so fast, right? I mean, I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a halfway decent season that was going to bridge at least Bill Belichick to next year and to <clears throat> see where we are right now, just a week into uh, you know uh, you know into the postseason is it is it is shocking. It is shocking what's going on and how fast everything is coming at us right now. Let's start with the quote unquote mutual parting. Uh, are you glad that Kraft and uh, Robert Kraft and Belichick somehow pulled that off, especially before uh, Wickersham's latest bombshell was yeah. published. Yeah, look, I mean that that there's no surprise at all to me that it that it sh- that it shook down that way, um, really because it was in the best interest of both parties. Um, really, you know, Bill, if Bill Belichick wants to go and coach, and he's clearly it is appearing that he does. Then it was in his best interest to have this, you know, situation here in New England buttoned up pretty quick, and so he can move on to the, his next endeavor. And so it, it really benefited Bill um, as much as it benefited Kraft to kind of have 
uh, a nice tidy send off um, where everyone was smiling and it was rainbows and lollipops when <laughs> you, you, you and I know better and people that cover the team know better that really under the surface, there's, there's a lot more tur turmoil and, uh, and things going on. And so um, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was uh, a fairly impressive kind of uh, send off, if you will, that press conference with Bill Belichick and, and Robert Kraft. I was kind of impressed that it, it, it looked the way it did. A lot of people are going to call BS on it, Karen, because, we all know that uh, the feelings that they portrayed in that that press conference uh, are probably, you know, uh, not accurate and, and not exactly how they felt. But nonetheless, um, I thought uh, both guys look came out, came out of that looking pretty good. And that's really, uh, I'm sure, all they wanted to do. And, and so they can go on and, and go their separate ways. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, it was important uh, to Robert Kraft to put out that kind of front. I think it, it was important to Patriots Nation and Patriots. I've talked to some other players who actually are happy that that's the presentation. It was Oscar worthy, as we know. Oh, yeah. But, but uh, I think people are glad that, you know, none of the acrimony, you know, played out that way. Mm -hmm. Obviously, one of the surprises, uh, the day after they named Gerard Mayo to succeed Bill, and that was in the cards all along. It was written into Gerard's last contract, and that's how they were able to sidestep interviews, the Rooney rule, the whole the whole business. Was that premature on the Crafts part, do you think? You know, again, <laughs> the way it was laid out, you know, Belichick was going to be on for another year or two, break Shula's record, and then they would have the transition to to Gerard. But now with a four-win team, you know, that's one of the worst in the league, this is what Gerard is inheriting. So how do you how did you take all the the contract business that they they had it all teed up for Gerard? Yeah, look, it's it is a fascinating kind of thing to talk about, uh, qu quite honestly. And and I and I always thought it was a mistake for um, Robert Kraft to, you know, basically tell everybody before the season, you know, that uh, Gerard Mayo was the was the heir apparent. Um, I just thought that was probably a bad decision uh, in regards to just maybe undermining the current coach, right, Bill Belichick. Now I don't, I don't think naming. Uh, you know, Gerard Mayo, the, you know, the uh, heir apparent to Bill Belichick and being his successor was the reason the Patriots only, you know, won four games. But was it a, a small factor? Perhaps, you know, um, it, perhaps it was. But a lot of people want to put, you know, maybe the uh, the way things went down this season on, on Kraft because of him uh, maybe undermining Bill and, and, and putting in writing that Gerard Mayo was a successor. How does Bill you know, coach under in those uh, in those conditions. Uh, the word is that the bill knew that that clause was in there, which is shocking uh, to me to, uh, to some degree. And I will say this. Good for Gerard Mayo. I was one of the I was one of the people that was I don't know, not just being critical of Gerard for not getting a, a better title um, when mm -hmm. when it was uh, reported that he was looking at maybe interviewing for the Carolina Panthers job. But he turned it down because um, he was, you know, basically. Um, given assurances or that the crafts said, Hey, we know we really want you here. We don't want you to go there. And I said, well, get a title, get a title, Gerard. 
Oh, and then I was told, you know, and he didn't do that. And then I was told, oh, Gerard's not worried about titles. That's just mm. not something he can, you know, he worries about. Well, he, you know, he was. We he now was, know why. <laughs> yeah, we all know now why. And so good for him. Um, but uh, to, to say that that was, you know, a big reason why the team, you know, played the way it did is, is, is to me is uh, overstated. Um, but uh, yeah. if you were so, if, if you have, if you feel you're the crafts, you feel like Gerard Mayo is the guy that you want to lead this team after Bill Belichick leaves. I'm not, I don't have as big of a problem with it as some people do. Some people say, you know, you, you really um, screwed yourself with the process, not allowing mm -hmm. yourself to go out there and see what was out there. But if your 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 convictions are so strong that you think he's the next guy, then then I don't have a, a problem with what the crafts did. I really don't. Yeah, and you know the crafts instincts have been very good on identifying head coaches, and Correct. you know pe some people will think Pete Carroll was a flop, but I think it was more the situation. He's proven to be a very good, <laughs> long-standing head coach in the NFL. Hey, Karen, real quick. I mean, yeah. Pete Carroll, he had a he was very proud to say this, but I think he was five or six games over 500 for his career here in the three years he was here. That's so, true. yeah, if that's a flop, then you know, gosh, I you know, that's why I don't get into coaching because yeah, it, I'm, just, was, I'm just telling you perception. You oh, know, I, I, I'm yeah. with you, Karen. No, no, I, I don't, yeah. I don't mean to, I don't mean to say you, 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 you know, do you say in that a lot of people say that, so I don't mean to just put that on you. Yeah. And of course there's Belichick and just getting back to Pete for a second. I I've had plenty of players who played for him. Tell me what a really good defensive coach he, he was. And, Phenomenal. you know, I, I believe it. I mean, that's what your strength was back then. And, and well, I guess it continues to be, <laughs> yep. yeah. but uh, Pete was just Polar opposite of Coach Parcells and polar opposite of Coach Belichick. And but but you know what? He's the guy who's laughing 20, 30 years later, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> totally. And you're and you and you make a good point though that you know, and, and that's a what you said um to start your thought there is to me is 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 the biggest point, which is I'm trusting Robert Kraft's instincts on this. Yeah. Like he, he got it right the last time. <laughs> I mean, he for him to, you know, if I mean you you remember that time. I mean, when he when Belichick was being considered for the uh, you know, for the A job first, after Pete Carroll. First round pick. And I will uh, uh, full disclosure, Ted, uh when Robert did that gave up a first round pick for, for coach Belichick. I was leading the parade and writing. That was a terrible move, Robert. What are you doing? It's right. like, if you have Vince Lombardi coming in or, or, you know, <laughs> you, that's who you surrender a first round pick for, but like Bill Belichick, who's, you know, well, we guess what? We hadn't accomplished anything other than being, well, I mean, the architect of some great defense for the giants. I mean, that, but we saw how it went in Cleveland. So you're, I mean, I remember. And so you, I'm going to give Robert Kraft the benefit of the doubt on this one. Oh, me too. Yeah. After that. And and oh, just, yeah. so you, just so you know, that take of mine is now in a book of all time worst columnist <laughs> takes. <laughs> and I and that's, I, I, I was happy to let them do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you weren't, you weren't alone on that out there on that limb. A lot of people felt the same way you did, Karen. 
So just to kind of close up on, well, not necessarily Gerard, but how do you, it's, I know it's been daunting to try and fill Tom Brady's shoes and they haven't quite uh, done that or wrapped their head in success with that. How do you see Gerard stepping in, following again, another legend and um, how do you see him handling the job ahead? So I am, I've had, um, one face-to-face interaction with Gerard. So uh, it's based on uh, my, my, my uh, opinions will be based off of that one interaction. And then everything I've ever heard from, from anybody that's ever come in contact with Gerard. And so, you know, as you know, I, I'm, I'm I work at NBC sports Boston where Gerard worked before he, um, he became the coach of the, uh, became a coach on the staff there with the Patriots. And so a lot of his former colleagues speak glowingly about him. And so just based on conversations I've had, about Gerard and then my one interaction with Gerard, it's safe to say he has the, what I think is the most important quality characteristic, if you will, for a head coach in today's NFL. And that is a a high level of interpersonal skills, his Mm -hmm. ability to, to talk, uh, to convey uh, his thoughts, to get the most out of people, to inspire people, to, make people feel comfortable is, is everything I've ever heard about Gerard and what my personal experience with him, I came away with thinking as well. And I think that's half the battle, Karen, is how do you get guys to believe in you, to trust you, to feel like you have their back, that you're going to be, um, you know, someone that uh, they can trust. Trust is huge in the NFL. Um, you know, you can sit there and say, you know, Bill's the opposite. Like, you know, he's, he can alienate. He can isolate. He can, um, you know, he's not an emotional, inter, you know, uh, his his inter, interpersonal skills are, are hugely lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was successful in a different time, in a different era, mm-hmm. in which athletes were wired differently than they are now. Uh, Gerard's the opposite, and he, his ability to connect. And I, the one encounter I had with Gerard, he made a very um, – uh, you know, he, he had a huge kind of, uh, uh, what am I trying to say, impact or he made a huge impression on me is what I'm trying to say. Um, and he told me a story that I, I just couldn't believe, uh, you know, and it was based around what Belichick said about me um, and, and show, and, you know, we don't need to get into the details of it, but I, I just couldn't, I, could, I couldn't, uh, I walked away just thinking to myself, I really like this guy. And so that, that was just in one small encounter that I was impressed with him, but it kind of, uh, it, it really relates to what a lot of people say about him. So I think, I think based on what I know so far that I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think he's, he has a chance, uh, based on the qualities that I know about the man. And so, um, can he get a good support? There's so many other things that go into being a head coach other than just connecting with people as we know. Um, yeah. and so, those those are those are things I have questions about. But the number one thing I think is being able to relate and get people to be pulling in the, in the same direction you are and inspire people. And I think he has those qualities. So just based on that, mm-hmm. um, I feel I feel I feel positive about the hire. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I've had quite a bit of interaction with him covering him both as a player uh, and now as a coach and I would say 
I think he has that it factor when it comes to relating to players and players wanting to play for him. Uh, he's more the modern day coach, you know, as, as we talked about coach Belichick's style kind of being uh, uh, more suited to the past. I think Gerard is more suited to the present, but I, I also think, like you do, there are other variables, you know, who's, who's going to be picking the groceries, who's going to be running the offense. Are they going to change the offense? Something which I personally think they should do. But anyway, what's your sense of, of who's running the asylum? Because, you know, from based on reports and, and my reporting as well, uh, they're going to keep all the people in house in the front office, at least through the draft. Uh, and according to Seth Wickersham, Jonathan Kraft is going to be more involved uh, uh, with the process. So what do you make of all this? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I mean, 20, mm -hmm. 24 years with Bill Belichick, the power, you know, the power that the Krafts had in that organization. I mean, I, it was it was kind of getting chipped away at year after year after year. And Bill was getting more and more power. Um, and my feeling is, I mean, there was, I don't know, one of the reports and I can't, uh, forgive me. I can't remember who reported, but that, um, you know, the, that the crafts quote unquote wanted to take their team back you mm. know, season. And so, um, that leads me to believe that, um, the craft family Inc is, uh, is, is going to, with this kind of new opportunity with Bill leaving and Gerard coming in, start taking some of their, their power back. And so clearly it feels to some degree, is that the crafts will be looming over Gerard, and and they're going to be there to kind of uh, oversee everything and to advise and to uh, help him uh, in this new role. So my feeling is Jonathan Kraft, although a lot of people want to compare him to the situation down in Dallas, I don't think he's going to be breaking down film of uh, potential prospects like maybe Stephen Jones is um, in <laughs> Dallas. But his role and his input is going to be, my guess, a lot more than it's ever been when uh, than Bill Belich when Bill Belichick was here. And so, um, my feeling is that you will, you, Jonathan Kraft, um, because he, you know, he's, you, you know, he's 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 the next in line, right, to run this team. And I just think um, by things you hear, if you know the, if you know Jonathan, like I know him, and you hear things, um, he's kind of been involved in stuff around, you know, going kind of behind the scenes all year this year. And that mm -hmm. just leads me to believe that he's going to have a, a much more, uh, you know, a bigger presence behind the scenes than he ever has. I don't think it's going to be to the degree of, of like a, like a Steven Jones, like I said, but mm -hmm. it will be a substantial kind of, um, you know, bump and in influence than he's ever had uh, prior to this. All right. Uh, so who's going to make the call at number three? If yep. <laughs> that's and that's and I was asked. I was asked that uh, asked that last the night. The most important draft yeah. in the history of drafts for them, yep. going it, it back is. to Drew Bledsoe. I mean, all yeah. right. I mean, multiple options on the table. Someone wants Marvin Harrison. Someone wants the LSU quarterback. Someone wants to tackle. Who? Where does that? I mean, we obviously knew Bill, Bill Belichick made that final call uh, the last 24 years. Who makes that call? 
Yep. I don't have the answer personally. <laughs> and and uh, and neither do I. But this uh, this is you know we 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 uh, we do this because we you know we we want to give our opinions and uh, and my opinion is is that it will be heavily 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 um, a Kraft family decision. It will be Jonathan Kraft. It will be Robert Kraft. It will be the majority uh, of that decision. And when I say when I say dec decision, Karen, I mean whether it's a quarterback or a wide receiver or a tackle. I'm not saying they're, they're going to be so influential. They'll tell you which quarterback or which wide receiver, although we all know it's probably be Marvin Harrison or which tackle. We all think it's going to be the left tackle there from, uh, from Penn state. The point is they're going to, I, the majority of the decision, I think will be a craft decision, family decision based on, they're going to say, Hey, we want a young quarterback that I want a young quarterback to be the face of this franchise. Um, they will uh, they will influence, I think, Gerard. Even though you hear reports that, hey, they're empowering Gerard, it's going to be Gerard's decision, I don't necessarily believe that. I think the Crafts will have a huge, huge uh, part in uh, influence in who, who they pick with that third overall pick. As far as the position, they might not tell them who to, who to uh, exactly to pick. If it's Which of the ones? They might say quarterback, you know, end of story. You know, pick one, yeah. Get a quarterback, exactly. Okay. What, like, what I think kind of happened just a few years ago with with uh, you know Mac Jones. My feeling is it was the crafts that influenced Belichick Agreed. to get a quarterback, right? At, with this pick, they didn't say who, but let's get a quarterback. Oh, there was only one really remaining, and we all know Mac Jones was the fifth and final quarterback taken, I think, in that first round. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting the way it's gone forward for the Patriots <clears throat> and the decisions the Crafts have made, it looks like they're putting kind of all the onus and, and blame on Coach Belichick for how things have gone down. And and then, again, what else to read by keeping the same front office? You know, um, if That's you if you read the Wickersham piece, uh, Coach Belichick was tired of the meddling <laughs> and Robert, you know, having people questioning his coaches. And uh, I sort of don't find fault in that. But, you know, you just find out the degree of the dysfunction, <laughs> yeah. I guess. That might be the best way to put it. But do you see the crafts, I guess, kind of saying, you know, Bill was the problem. We've weeded that out and now we're moving forward and we're taking control back. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, and yes. Um yeah. I think I think partly and, and I think you you alluded to it is that the fact that they're keeping the same kind of people in power with the you know previously that were here under Bill, they clearly think that Bill was the problem. That mm -hmm. the, the people under Bill for all these years and at least in recent years they weren't the problem. It was Bill Belichick. And so we're going to keep the same people that were under Bill that, uh, you know, essentially had no success and and see how they do and see how they do without Bill looming over them and Bill, um, you know, over overruling their their decision. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of reports out there and a lot of discussion that scouts, front office people were overruled when it came to personnel decisions. Um, and now that those guys don't have Bill Belichick kind of looking over the shoulder that will all of a sudden maybe see truly how talented or how good these guys in the front office under bill will be now that he's gone and they can operate freely and, uh, 
without uh, without him overruling them. A couple of quick final questions. I know you have to go. Um, uh, one thing positively that I've seen is there, you know, Gerard is going out and interviewing outside candidates. He's brought in a special teams coach from the outside. He's brought in a defensive coordinator from the outside. I'm actually hoping he does the same with an offensive coordinator. No, no offense to, to Bill O'Brien or Josh McDaniels or whatever. I just think, you know, along with, you know, a, a, a having a head coach now who's more relatable to the team, I think they need an offense that's more relatable to the times. Maybe I'm wrong with that. <laughs> what do you think? You you are exactly right, and uh, I've I've been saying this in the last couple of days. Is it look, and I, I I'm okay with the 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 Gerard Mayo hiring. I think what would make it some people aren't. Some people think it's just too much of the old thing, you know, the old thing, and we want to move on completely. Yeah, I think it would make you would make it more palatable if Gerard was to go out and particularly on the offensive side and bring someone in to run the offense, outsource the offense, go get somebody. That's been in a successful program, in a system with good offensive minds that are that are kind of a next level thinking, and bring them in. And I think that would be, um, I think that would be an easy sell for people. And I think that would be the right decision. I really do. I like that Gerard is willing to look outside uh, for coaching to uh, to help him bring in new ideas. That was a huge part of the problem here is that the ideas were so stale and it was the same type of thinking that. They, 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 they were stuck in their ways. They need to go out, particularly on the offensive side, and bring in, I think, somebody from a, another system that's been successful. I think Bill actually had the right idea um, moving off, you know, the, the, the old system that dates back to Charlie Weiss and has been, you know, yeah. moved forward through uh, Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady and the language and the complications. I think it was it's a good idea moving to the Shanahan system. He just had the wrong people trying to execute it because they had never coached it, didn't know what it was. And just the execution of that was just God awful. <laughs> so so if you have somebody, if the if Gerard happens to bring in someone with a with a Shanahan background or, or something that's more current but actually knows that offense and can coach that offense and can teach that offense. I think, you know, especially for a new quarterback, I think that's the way to go, but what do I know? You know, <laughs> you know a lot, Karen, and uh, uh, particularly because I'm going to agree with you on that point. So I, oh. we, we, we know what we're talking about. You're, you're, uh, you're onto something there. All right. How about, all right. We saw, I'll, I'll close with this. Uh, Bill, when on a job interview with the Crazy. Falcons, yeah. I mean, can you can you fathom what a job interview with Bill Belichick is is like? Yeah. I mean, all these crazy thoughts went through my mind, you know. Or you know, did Arthur Blank like ask him crazy things like, "Why did you really bench Malcolm Butler?" Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that that would be awesome? I mean, you know, that would be you know, you know, I would love to know. The, you want to be awesome to know the tone and tenor of that, that interview was, mm -hmm. was, was, you know, was Arthur Blank interviewing 
um, Bill the other way around. Bill yeah. interviewing Arthur Blank, right? I mean, that's because it, but to, to the point that I think we're both getting to is that Bill's, his accomplishments and the way Bill is, he, he's probably like, what does this guy know about football? He's interviewing me. Like, are you kidding me? So my feeling is he went in there with a lot of confidence. And my feeling is that Arthur Blank probably just wanted Bill to just sit back and listen. And, you know, my Bill probably knows all the keywords and, and what to say to get Arthur Blank excited. Uh, clearly, Bill at Belichick would be a complete, you know, uh, kind of, he'd be a lot different profile of a coach that Atlanta has hired there in recent years. Mm -hmm. And my guess is with his accomplishment that Arthur Blank's been, is probably enamored by, by Bill and the success. And so I could see Bill kind of going in there and like, this is what I know. This is what I'm going to do, Arthur. If you just trust me, I will get this thing turned around. And I could see Arthur Blank being really, really influenced by, by what Bill's probably presented to him. Well, and, and considering that Coach Belichick is the one who handed Arthur Blank the worst loss of his life, yep. <laughs> and that'll never end coming back from 28 to three, I'm sure, you know, <clears throat> Arthur was listening. But I'll, we'll end on this. Um, if Dallas does eventually open up, which many of us think it will after that fiasco, uh, <laughs> Uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Can you see a marriage between Coach Belichick and Jerry Jones, or is that too complex? I know they like each other or say they like each other, but can that even work in your estimation? I, I would say 25 years ago, no way, no way. No way that works. Um, but, you know, I think – I think both men um, are were probably willing to concede some certain things. I just can't imagine Bill really is going to be obsessed with having all the power when mm -hmm. he's got three, maybe four, five years left to to coach that he wants to haul all that power. And I just can't imagine he's, I don't know, you know, wants to do all the work that it takes to kind of flush out a whole new front office and bring in your people and, and, implement your your theories and, and ideologies i could see bill kind of at this point saying i'm I'm okay with it uh you know not having that having that personnel power and and i don't know what it is i just feel like that's a good fit i just see him there i see both both sides kind of saying hey we're gonna put all of our other stuff uh to the side our petty stuff that maybe has bogged us down in the past and and be inclusive and collaborative and not worry about that and see if we can go win a Super Bowl because that's the best thing for both parties, the, the Joneses and Belichick's. Mm -hmm. Them winning a Super Bowl would help both of their legacies tremendously. And so I think they kind of realize that at this point. Uh, and if they don't, shame on them. But my feeling is they would, and so that concessions would be made. And I think I think he could work there, Karen. I think that's that's the team I want to see Belichick go to. I would love to see him go there. And, you know, we were talking about this last night on BST, and, we're, you know, Felger saying, well, look, you know, I mean, he doesn't like that Dak Prescott, you know, Bill Belichick's not going to like that Dak Prescott's making all that money. Oh, geez, yeah. And then Michael Parsons is making Lots of top-heavy top right. contracts. Yep. And not so not like, a Bill thing. <laughs> but, you know, Bill – do you want to win? Do you want to get Shula? And do you want to uh, help correct uh, your kind of the, the trajectory that your legacy's on? Then put all that 
other stuff that you used to care so much about to the side and then just go coach this team and, and see what happens. To me, I could see him thinking that uh, at this stage of his career. Yep. Bet between passing Shula and winning without Tom, you know, I, I do think, you know, Dallas is the quickest avenue to that. You know, if you plug yep. him into the talent there. So yep. it's going to be interesting uh, going Buckle forward, up. Ted. Again, wait. <laughs> I know it. We just had a had a week where you and I could barely get, you know, get through all of it. I know. Uh, I know. But I'm sure there's more to come and uh, can't wait. And thank you so much for joining me once again. I appreciate it. Darren, anything for you, you know that call me anytime. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Take care. This has been Ion Foxborough. Brought to you by Mass Live.